Hello and welcome to an early edition of the K-Fit Show. My name is Kalen Angloss. I am the host. I am a human performance expert and PhD candidate at the University of Victoria in the kinesiology program. I specialize in high-performance fitness testing, uh, combat sports research, and strength and conditioning training. That's what I do. And the K-Fit Show is all about teaching you how to do all of those things properly, how to, to work out in the gym, how to train effectively, and improve your performance in sport and in health. That's what we're all about. Big shout out to uh, my good friend Richard Mosdell for sitting in on the show last week. We talked all about the fitness test that we do as well as the importance of it and kind of how high performance is structured. Uh, Yeah, today what we're going to dive into a little bit, we're going to start the show off. We're going to talk about the half hour window. I'm sure you've heard of this before, the half hour window after working out where you got to get all that protein in you, right? I know you've heard of this before. Is it true? What's actually happening there? And how does it work in our body? I'm going to show you and I'm going to tell you all about that. I'm also going to tell you is if you should work out if you're sick, if you're not feeling very well, we're going to dive right into that. So let's get started with this episode of the K-Fit Show. Three, two, one. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the K-Fit Show. We're in studio again, giving you the latest episode and the latest and greatest stuff here in the fitness world. And uh, what a crazy week it's been. Happy, well, we're recording this on Monday. Happy long weekend. It's been uh, Remembrance Day long weekend here in Canada, and hopefully everybody enjoyed their long weekend. I got a little bit of downtime this weekend, which was kind of nice because I got some crazy stuff coming up over the next few weeks where I'll be testing boxing athletes. Athletes and, and more karate athletes and judo athletes. But this past week, I got to go home a little bit and uh, just chill out and, and you know, see some family, get some good food. I did get a good run in, and it was funny. I went for just a little 6K run. I, I, I timed myself. I tried to do 6K as fast as I can. I'm really shooting for that 6K under 30 minutes. I didn't quite make it. I think I was 31 minutes and, and change. But I'm really shooting for that 30 minutes under 6K. But anyways, I go for my run, and, and I caught myself breaking my own rules. I went for, for the 6K run. I was going pretty hard. My heart rate was high. It was pretty intense. And uh, I get back to the house and I had to leave right away. I had to jump in the car and drive and go pick somebody up. And that's probably the worst thing you can do. That's what you guys know. You go for a run or you work out and then you just sit down and you do nothing. And it's funny. One of uh, our family friends, shout out to Elaine. She was at our house. She said, you know, you know this. You should be stretching. You should stretch before you go in. And I said, I know. But unfortunately, the circumstances were that I just couldn't get out there. But I was breaking my own rules. Uh, moral of the story, stretch. Make sure you stretch or at least at the very least have a good cool down after your workout. We've talked about it before. It's very important. But sometimes, you know, I get it. Those things, you just don't have time. But if you have the time, you can do it. Absolutely get it in. All right. Uh, last week, we also talked with Richard Mosdell. Thanks for sitting in, Richard. I know you're listening to this. We talked about high performance. We talked about fitness testing. And we talked about uh, the importance of both of those things as well. The fitness test, we talked about it last week, but it went great. We had about 200 athletes take my fitness test, what I put together for my master's degree. And next week, I'm going to start working with the Boxing Canada athletes. We're going to be doing a physical demands analysis of them. 
strapping on heart rate monitors, putting on accelerometers, seeing how fast they're punching, seeing how intense their movements are. So basically, again, give us an idea of what it physiologically takes to perform in boxing. And this is what we've done, what I've done with other combat sports as well, is looking at what does it actually take to perform these sports. So we're going to find out, strap some stuff on them, get some data, and then we're going to use that again to put together the fitness test. That's kind of, like I said, all my PhD research. This week in the lab, in the physiology lab at the University of Victoria. This coming week is reading break, so the students get a week off, uh, whatever. But, but what we, we have been doing is looking at white blood cell count as well as blood type. So just learning what different blood types you are, but also um, teaching them about white blood cells and how they are affected during exercise. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit later on in the show. I had a great question come my way is... Should you work out or should I be working out if I'm sick, if I don't feel feel right? Is it beneficial to work out? Is it detrimental to work out when you're sick? I'm going to talk about it, and it's important to keep in mind the white blood cells. So in lab, all we did is we, we took some white, some a finger prick, took some blood out of our finger, put it under a telescope, uh, a microscope, I should say, and, and looked at, you know, literally counted your white blood cells, and there's a little bit of a method to it, but that's what we did. So we found out some stuff. A couple people found out they were probably getting a little sick because as you know, as you're getting sick, your white blood cell counts go up to, to fight all, all the bugs and everything coming your way. But again, we're going to break that down a little bit here as we go on with the show. Thanks, guys, for tuning in on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're watching me right now. I do appreciate it. These episodes usually are going to be recorded Monday nights, but today holiday. I got some time earlier in the day. I'm getting it out of the way here today, but I do appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, we're going to have some more guests coming your way talking about some research. We're going to have our nutritionist back on, Mateus Mistura. He's going to be on here talking about his master's research, which he's just wrapping up. And he defends that pretty soon. So good luck, Mateus. But uh, we'll dive into that when we get there. Today, let's get into what we're talking about today, because this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's a big myth and it's a big idea in the fitness world. And I'm talking about the half hour window. I'm sure you've heard it before, the half hour window of, uh, you know, refueling yourself after you work out. You've probably heard it before where people say, you know, after you work out, you want to get protein in you. You want to get that protein in you. You know, you've heard it. You got to get that protein. You got to get those gains, right? And you have half hour after your workout to do that because your cells really want all that protein, right? That's what people say. That's kind of what the, the main idea is out there. And it's not entirely true. And I'm going to break that down a little bit, but I want to walk you through about why it's not entirely true. Is the half hour window important? Yes. Is it a thing? Yes. Is it important for protein? Not so much. We're going to talk about that here in just a sec. But before we get in there, I do have to let you know a couple things. So we're going to be mostly talking about proteins, and we're also going to be talking about carbohydrates because those are kind of the two things that play role in the half-hour window. So we need to know what the functions of both of them are, right? So we know that proteins are used for the building blocks of the cell. Your muscles are made up of proteins. All your cells basically are made up of proteins or amino acids uh, that make it up. They're like the building block of the cell. That's what they often say. Proteins also will help you make enzymes in your body. They'll help transport molecules, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But those are the main roles of, of protein, and again, especially those building blocks. And that's why... People will often say, you know, you need to get that protein in your system to help build that muscle. And you do, but you don't necessarily need it half hour 
after your workout, and I'll explain why. Carbs, on the other hand, you do want to get in your system right after a workout. Carbs' main main, uh, function is their fuel source, right? They're using anaerobic metabolism, that quick, fast burst of energy. You use it. uh, You can't maintain it very long, but it's powerful. You get it very fast, and that's what carbs are. They're mainly used for energy. There's a couple other minor functions that carbs have in terms of like digestive health and, and immune system a little bit, but um, we know that carbs are the main function, the main fuel source for the body uh, is carbs. So that's what they do. Now, the other thing that you need to know is the difference between catabolic and anabolic state because that's where these people often use this half hour window and that's kind of what they you know, relate it to. So again, it's catabolic and anabolic. Catabolic is just the breaking down process. So if you think about it, when you work out, you know, really intensely heavy, heavy weights, your muscles actually break down, right? That's kind of like that DOMS that you sometimes feel. Uh, that's other reasons too, but your muscles do break down and that's catabolic. And it happens to your cells too. Your cells will break down and that's a catabolic process. Anabolic on the other side is a building up process where we're adding amino acids and adding molecules to the cell to help repair and help build it up. So again, after your workout, nice and intense workout, your muscles break down for a period of time. They're in the catabolic state, breaking down. And then it switches to anabolic where it starts now building up. And that's again where you're going to see all these adaptations happen like getting stronger, getting bigger, getting faster, whatever it is. Obviously, it depends on how you're training. But this is the main mechanism behind improving your performance and and, and adapting is, is the anabolic, is the breakdown, the catabolic. You need to have that in order for your body to stimulate an anabolic process to build yourself back up. So that's why it is really important to have a, a you know some kind of fuel source after you work out to help help this happen. But it is a myth that you need protein after your workout. No, no, no. You don't need protein right after your workout. Do you need enough protein? Yes, you need to. In a Western diet, in the Western world, most people get more than enough protein. You know, The RDA, which is the recommended dietary allowance for, for protein, is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body. So call it one, one gram per kilogram of body. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the recommended dietary allowance by the uh, um, World Health Organization. That's what they say. So, um, you know, it's not a lot. If, you, if you're looking at it, I'm about 80, you know, 80 kilograms when I'm, when I'm on my heavier side, 80 kilograms. So I need to get about 80 grams of protein. That's not a lot. That's not a lot for the RDA. Now, somebody who trains heavy like myself and a lot of you guys listening who trains a lot and, and works out a lot, usually then you need about one and a half to two and a half grams per kilogram of body weight of protein. But you don't need to get this protein right after your workout. There's no evidence, not enough evidence to support that you need to get that protein after your workout. As long as you're getting enough protein in your day, you know, the one and a half to say two and a half grams of protein a day, that's enough. That's enough protein to, to help build up your muscles and help and help repair. Now, this is completely different if you're a bodybuilder. If you're a bodybuilder and you're really getting in those catabolic states and really trying to, to take advantage of those anabolic, usually you got to take even more protein. But for pretty much everybody else, one and a half to two and a half grams per kilogram of protein is enough. Now, carbs, on the other hand, carbs 
are what you want to get after a workout. And the reason is, like I said, we know carbs are those fast energy sources. When you go exercise and when you go to do a workout, you're mainly using carbohydrates. That's your main fuel source is carbohydrates and creatine, but that's a different faster energy source. Carbohydrates are your main fuel source. So carbohydrates are in your blood. They're floating around. You're using it, but they're also stored in your muscles and as well in your liver. So you have these stored uh, carbs or, you know, we know carbs break down into glucose and that's actually actually what's fueling you, these glucose is stored as glycogen. So there's glycogen in your liver, there's glycogen in your muscles, and that's what breaks down during exercise to help fuel you through. Even if you're doing predominantly an aerobic workout, like a run, I went for a 6K run yesterday, um, I was using carbohydrate glycogen stores to help fuel my, to get my legs moving mostly, right, to get that through the run. I was also using fats mostly being an anaerobic um, workout. But uh, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But anyways, carbohydrates are stored as glucose in the cell called glycogen. And when we work out, these glycogen stores can be depleted, especially in athletes. You can you can deplete these glycogen stores quite a bit, not, not 100%, but you can drop these stores a lot that they need to be refueled. These are what need to be refueled after because you want your muscle to be to be holding on to that glucose, to be using that glycogen uh, and, and, and holding it in the muscle to have enough so that you can get through these workouts and then again help build it up. But another reason why it's important to to have carbs after your workout is because of exercise itself. And I got my little whiteboard here for all you guys watching on uh, Facebook or Instagram or if you're watching later on YouTube or whatever to help kind of explain this. So again, we have carbohydrates, breaks down into glucose. Glucose is in the cell. I'm sorry, glucose is in, is in the bloodstream. Now, to get glucose from the bloodstream into the cell, into the muscle, there needs to be a transporter. So let's just call this little squiggly line here. There's our glucose molecule. That's our glucose molecule. It's been either broken down from the glycogen in our liver, released into the bloodstream, or it's just in our bloodstream for some carbs that we've eaten, broken down into carbohydrates. Or sorry, broken down into glucose. So it's in our it's in our, our system. It's blood flow. It's it's running around trying to get to there. Now here's the cell. This big guy here. This is our cell. Oh, you guys can't see that. Well, that uh, pen didn't work. Let's try again. You guys can't see this here, but here we go. There's your cell. That's the cell. Glucose is is around the cell. You know, trying to get in. Glucose can't get into the cell without a transporter, and that transporter is called a GLUT4 transporter. I'm just going to draw it like something like this. Okay, that's a GLUT4 transporter, and these. These GLUT4 transporters are in the cell. It's they're all over in the cell. You know, not to get too physiological, but this is what takes carb the the glucose into the cell, and we need this process to happen. We need to take that carbohydrate from the bloodstream, bring it into the cell. So these GLUT4 receptors attach to the membrane of the cell to help facilitate uh, the opening of the channels to get glucose into the cell. Insulin plays a role in this too, but we're not going to talk too much about insulin. We, we both basically want to look at these GLUT4 receptors. So again, these GLUT4 receptors are, are essential to get carbohydrates into the cell. Now, when we work out, we're going to have more and more glucose in the cell, more and more carbohydrates being broken down all throughout our body in the bloodstream. And we obviously want to get it back into the cell. That's what I said, right? We want to refuel those glycogen stores to help fuel us for the rest of the day for our next workout and help make sure we're not staying catabolic, uh, the breakdown process. So 
What happens during exercise? After you exercise, these GLUT4 receptors are hyperactive. They're hyperactive, and they also, what's called translocate, so they go closer to the cell membrane. So they have shorter distance to travel to help bring in these carbohydrates. So after you work out, when they're really hyperactive, this is when you want to get that carbohydrates, get that glucose into the cell. So the best way to do that is to to have a, a post-workout you know, shake or whatever to get that uh, carbohydrates into the cell, again, to help store that glycogen. And these GLUT4 receptors, so this, the receptors that are used to bring in carbohydrates, they are hyperactive for about half hour, about half hour to an hour after, hence the half hour window. So you see, it is actually a thing. The half hour window is a thing. But this is the main reason why it's important to get, you know, food in you, carbohydrates in you after a workout because these GLUT4 receptors are so hyperactive and they're so translocated. They're closer to the membrane. They're easier to bring those molecules in. This is why you want to have something right after your workout. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what about protein? How does protein, uh, you know, get into the cell type thing? The protein channels and how protein works to help build up muscle, it doesn't, you know, require the GLUT4 receptors. It doesn't need to get into the cell like that. So it doesn't need anything that's hyperactive or doesn't need anything to help get it into the cell and help repair and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's no real evidence or no even real physiology to show that protein is needed half hour after a workout. It's not. It's the carbohydrates that are needed. Because again, you're using those carbohydrates, you're breaking down the glycogen in the muscle and in the liver, using those carbohydrates, so you're depleting your stores. You want to replenish them after the workout. And half hour after the workout is when their receptors are most acceptable to getting glucose into the cell. Does that make sense? I hope that kind of followed you along. I kind of drew you a you know, real basic diagram here. But this is what happens. This is what happens when, when we exercise and, and all that. So this is why it's important to get that glucose into you after you work out. So my recommendation is, you know, we know that we also absorb liquids faster than we absorb, you know, actual food, like, like thicker food with, with more, you know, stuff in it. Um, but... So my recommendation is within half hour to an hour, because again, these can stay hyperactive for about an hour or more after your workout, you want to get some kind of protein shake. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say protein shake, but protein shake is good to get because they also have carbohydrates in them and some type of carbohydrate. So berries, you know, some kind of natural food source with lots of micronutrients as well. Don't forget about your micronutrients to get that into the cell because, again, it's the carbohydrates, not so much the protein uh, that you want to get after your workout. Now, again, going back to our catabolic and anabolic thing, so, again, catabolic, the breakdown of a cell, anabolic, the building up of a cell. After you work out, you are in more of a catabolic state. Depending on how hard you've worked out uh, will depend on how long you're in that breakdown, the catabolic process. But when you eat, your body switches. It, it makes a big switch from catabolic. Now we have all the fuel to build up to anabolic. So now we can start building up our proteins and our muscles and that kind of thing. And that switch happens. So you want to try and catch that switch from your catabolic to your anabolic state within this. And again, I call half hour window, but really it can be up to an hour, maybe even an hour and a half. 
but within you know half hour to be safe you want to to change it to an anabolic process again because that's when these receptors are most susceptible to taking everything in so again make sure you get that uh, that carbohydrates in your system half hour so is the half hour window a thing yes is it important to get protein in your body not so much it's more so important to get those carbohydrate stores in you and to help fuel you throughout your workout all right, guys, that's it for, for the half-hour window. I hope that makes sense. If you guys have any questions, anything like that, just make sure you ask away. So uh, uh, that was my sensei says. That's what I was meant to say. Replenish within, within half-hour carbs, carbs, carbs. Think more carbs. Carbs are not a bad thing. They're the main fuel source for you. So think about that as you're going through. All right, this week, too, I had a really great question come my way. And we're going to talk about this. It's, can I work out while I'm sick? Okay, so this is a great timely question, I thought, because, you know, we're into November now. The weather's changed. You know, it's flu season. People are getting their flu shots, head colds, all these type of things. So I had a good question come my way from Curtis as he wanted to know, can we work out, should we work out, if we're sick, if I'm not feeling well, is it beneficial to go for a workout or am I really just, you know, making myself more sick? Great question. So let's rewind here a little bit. We started this episode off talking about white blood cells. White blood cells are what you use in your immune system, mainly what's called neutrophils. We don't need to get too carried away, but neutrophils are white blood cells which work for immunity. They, they, help, they help your immune system and they help fight off all these other bugs and viruses that come into your body. And we know when you're starting to get sick, your white blood cell count goes up because it can sense you're getting sick. It's got to fight something. Your body produces more of these white blood cells and they go and fight off all these viruses. And then you get all the symptoms too. You know, maybe you have a runny nose, a headache, congestion, chest, whatever, cough, lungs might hurt, whatever it is, uh, depending what you got, your white blood cell count is going to be increased. So again, how would this relate to exercise? Well, we know when we exercise, it'll actually also increase your white blood cell count. And basically how this works is white blood cells, when you're just kind of sitting around laying or not doing a lot of exercise, there's not a lot of blood flow, these white blood cells can get stuck on the walls of your arteries. So they actually get their, their you know, their thick molecules, relatively, they get stuck on your, your walls of your arteries. So they're not actually in your blood flow. They're not going throughout your system. Your white blood cell count is a little bit lower. So when you're sick, what do you want to do? Usually you want to lay down, chill out and do nothing, which is great. Rest absolutely is important. But um, we, all these white blood cells are getting stuck on the arteries of the walls. We want these white blood cells to be moving around to help fight off the, the, the bug or whatever and get it going through our system. So when we exercise, the blood flow, the increased blood flow and the vasodilation, you know, your, 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 your vessels dilating, getting thicker, that's going to help pick up those white blood cells that are on the artery walls and carry them throughout your body and increase your white blood cell count. So when you work out, you will actually increase your white blood cell count even more, which as we know, is going to increase your immune system function. So should you work out while you're sick or while you have a cold? Yes. Yes, you should. I, I, you need to get that blood flow going. You want to up those white blood cell counts. Now, we want to be careful with this, of course, as with everything. Because we know if we work out too hard, what else happens? We get 
cortisol in our body, the stress hormone. And cortisol is going to cause some breakdown, some catabolic processes, or it can. And we don't want this when we're sick. We want to help build ourselves up when we're sick, right? We want to help get better. So as long as you're working at an intensity about 60, 65%, 70% at most of, say, your heart rate max, then you will not have so much uh, cortisol or stress hormone in your system. So that's what we want. We want to avoid that stress hormone, that cortisol, and we want to work out at a low enough intensity to just help increase the blood flow and pick up those white blood cells. So my recommendation, if you're sick, you know, if you have a head cold or whatever, do some light, light aerobic workout, like on the treadmill or, 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 or elliptical, whatever, nothing too crazy, just 20, 30 minutes of some light cardio workout and, and call it a day. Get those blood cells, get those white blood cells moving throughout your system. And also try and avoid um, strength training or, or weightlifting. Weightlifting we know causes cortisol as well as other hormones to be released in your body. So we want to be careful with this too. If you absolutely feel like you need to lift weights even just to, to keep you going, and, and I get it, I sometimes I want to just, just even when I'm sick, just I got to lift some weights just to get some things going there. Again, do it at a very low intensity. One, maybe, maybe two sets of each exercise. That's it. Nothing crazy. Stay nice and nice and, uh, you know, low in the intensity, 60 to 70% again. And But yeah, absolutely, you can work out. You should be working out unless, of course, you have some kind of major virus. If you have like pneumonia or bronchitis or something that really is restricting your, your breathing, then it might be best just to, to rest on those particular days. Because really, when you have a virus like, like bronchitis or pneumonia or, or, or any of these kind of lung infections, upping your white blood cell count isn't really going to help those actually too much. You usually need antibiotics to help with those things. And if you're on antibiotics then you definitely want to be careful how much you're, you're working out. But that's a kind of little bit of a different story. Same but different. You know what I mean. But if you just are, are you know, maybe got a little bit of a cold, a little bit of head cold, congestion, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a cough, whatever, absolutely get a little bit of a workout in. You'll actually be amazed at how better, how much better you feel after your workout when, you know, you're sweating it out and all that kind of stuff. You'll be amazed how, better you, how much better you feel. So uh, make sure you do that if you're not feeling very well, but then also, of course, get rest and refuel yourself like we've already talked about here today. All right, guys. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the KFIT show. We talked about a lot here today. We talked about the half-hour window and how it's more relating to carbohydrates and not protein so much. Uh, should you should you still get protein in your system? Yes. Do you get enough? Probably. Does it matter when you get it? Not so much. Carbohydrates, on the other hand, are you getting enough? probably getting too much. Maybe Western, you know, trends say that usually most people are getting too much carbohydrates, but Again, that's a different story. Uh, but you do want to get them in after your workout. You have that half-hour window when the transporters, the glucose transporters, which brings it into the cell, those are going to be hyperactive. So you do want to take advantage of that after a workout and refuel your muscles so you can be in an anabolic state building up. And uh, don't forget the catabolic process, the breaking down process, is an important part of the process. You know, like we say, you got to break down before you build up. Well, your body works exactly the same. You got to break down in those catabolic processes to be able to build back up in the anabolic processes to get stronger, faster, uh, whatever it is you're trying to do. All right, guys, I hope that makes sense. Uh, we also talked about the shake. Make sure you have a post-workout liquid. You digest better than full foods. And can you work out after you're sick? Yes, you can. Keep it nice and easy. Keep it aerobic and just get those white blood cells moving. All right, guys, that
that wraps up this episode of the KFit Show. I really, really like uh, that you guys are tuning in, asking these questions, and joining this conversation. Like I said, this is a conversation. We want to talk back and forth. If you have questions, send them my way on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, at Kalen Iangloss. You'll find me. Send me an email, kaylenangloss at gmail.com. Love the, the conversation that's coming and love everything that's coming through. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the KFIT Show. We will be back next week with more uh, stuff to talk about. And we got, like I said, we got some guests coming in too. So it's awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Kaylen Angloss, and we'll talk to you guys next week.